0: Artistic Whispers Productions presents Down From Ten A Country House Mystery Written and Performed by J. Daniel Sawyer Author contact information at www.jdsawyer.net Featuring the vocal talents of Philippa Ballantyne T. Morris
1: Kitty Nickian
2: Nathan
3: Lowell
1: Miss Callendar Nobilis Reed Christiana Ellis
0: Chris Lester With original music by Danny Shade This podcast contains adult language, sexual situations, and bizarre humor. Listener discretion is advised.
3: Greetings, everyone. This is Jennifer Hudock, author of Goblin Market. To find out more about me and Goblin Market, visit my official website at www.jenniferhudock.com. Right now, you're listening to episode 15 of Down From 10, And this is the story so far. Under the snow, the nights are long. Sarah remembers what happened during her attack, but thinks it was just a dream. Amos, however, isn't so sure. Still, since Kevin doesn't remember anything, it seems as if our heroes are troubled only by their dreams, and they've retired to the spa at Sarah's request, so that she can interrogate Amos and find out what
1: he's really all about.
0: Chapter 15 E-6 Evening. When Carol patted her lap and stood, grabbing Katie and Amos each by the hand and leading them out the door, Kevin held back. He had stood to follow, but he hadn't gotten four steps before he realized that Adele wasn't coming with them. He looked back to see her settling into one of the wingbacks and looking out the door past him with an odd, almost conspiratorial expression on her face. Adele, aren't you coming?
1: I... Oh, Um, I, uh, I I need to catch up on my reading.
0: She didn't quite meet his eyes. Is something wrong?
1: No, nothing. I'm fine. I just like the time alone. Okay, I'll miss you. Uh, Wait
4: a
0: second. He stopped mid-stride, standing behind the shorter sofa. He looked back at her and studied her face for a moment. Adele had managed to avoid the spa for the whole trip so far. She'd managed to avoid modeling any time she might have to get naked. Oh, I see. Okay, sorry. Enjoy the... Whoa! Kevin stumbled back as Jeremiah shoved him aside. Before Kevin could recover his balance to push back, Jeremiah was already halfway up the stairs, grumbling something along the lines of That old pompous fucking fascist. Kevin watched until Jeremiah was safely around the corner and whistled.
4: Gerd must have really put the fear of God into him.
1: Somehow, I doubt that.
0: Her voice was flat. Kevin checked Adele out of the corner of his eye, then mentally kicked himself for stepping in it with her yet again. Oh, right, sorry. She nodded at the door, and when she spoke, her voice was friendly again.
1: They're waiting for you out there.
0: Yeah. Kevin shuffled backwards, then gave up on luring her out and ducked out through the door.
5: Nope. My life is like Fight Club. You don't talk about it.
3: Why? Is
5: it top secret?
0: Sarah shucked her gauze mittens on the deck and settled in next to him. With the crazy glue sutures, she really didn't need them anyway. No. Amos took a deep breath and shrugged his shoulders, as if apologizing that he weren't more interesting.
5: Just mind-numbingly banal.
0: He looked over at Katie.
5: How about you? What makes you get up in the morning?
0: Katie raised an eyebrow and locked eyes with him. She was gonna try to stare him down. Sarah couldn't help but giggle as the little staring contest dragged on.
5: Come on, Katie. I know what fills your days. What do you wake up at night gagging for? Sarah
0: snaked her hand under the water until she found Amos's cock, then wrapped her fingers around it and squeezed.
3: Hoping it's this?
0: Amos's eyes shot wide open like she'd just hit the inflate button. His cock wasn't far behind.
5: Okay. Okay.
0: He reached down and found her hand and started to peel her fingers away.
5: Playtime with Amos' Hosea is over.
0: He was blushing. It was kind of cute on him. Sarah didn't have long to appreciate it. Carol grabbed the dancer around the waist and yanked Sarah over into her lap.
3: You are just itching for a spanking girly.
0: Katie shook her head with mock disapproval.
3: (laughs)
1: That's not going to do any good.
0: I know. (sighs) Whatever am I going to do with you, child? Sarah kissed Carol like she meant it. The fact that she did mean it helped a lot.
3: You could
0: No, don't even start. Give her here, Carol. I'll make sure she stays put.
3: Spoil sport.
0: Sarah stuck her tongue out at him, then slid her feet to the floor of the spa and stood up, stepping carefully between the tangle of legs and suffering the delightful indignity of Carol swatting her butt. She knew it was Carol, because Carol was the only person she'd ever known who could scratch and swat at the same time. The tingle spread, making her feel alive all over. She shimmied down into Gerd's lap, threw her arms around his neck, and pecked him on the cheek. Now, Petty, shut Behave yourself.
5: Ain't gonna happen, Gerd. Wishful thinking.
0: Enigmatic Amos returned his attentions to Katie.
1: Come on, Katie. Give over. Eh, nothing big. Just a gig on the side down in Roseville. Sculpture and special effects makeup classes. Some life drawing. Nothing fancy. Keeps me materials and
4: costume
3: bits at least. Nothing big. You should have seen her at the end of last semester when she came up here to help me remodel Amos. A pile of projects filling up her van and her glowing with pride.
0: Katie blushed and she got a far off look in her eyes.
3: It's true. All that creativity waiting to hatch out. Watching the wonder in their
1: eyes. I can't
0: get enough. Sarah felt Gerd's shift under her. The sound of the rumble in his chest as he cleared his throat made her feel just a little bit safer and more sure of herself. It seems Amos is an excellent deflector. Katie snapped to attention, as if she'd forgotten everything but that sense of pride she'd gotten lost in.
1: Hey, right. So, come on. Okay,
5: you win. You know I teach English. Well, did. I had to give it up. You only have so much tolerance for reading incomprehensible nonsense before you either have to give up grading papers or give up writing yourself.
0: Jeremiah slammed the door behind him. He walked straight up to the wall by the foot of the bed and beat his head solidly against it for a good 20 seconds until he'd worked up a good level of pain. Once his forehead was throbbing more from the outside than his pride was, he stepped back from the wall and collapsed on the bed. It was better up here anyway. After a while, he didn't really know how long, the pain in his head subsided a bit. He wished he could go. What choice did he have? Redig the escape tunnel, crawl out and freeze on top of the snow? He didn't even like camping. There was no way he was going to survive hiking however many miles it was to the nearest town. He rolled over and reached for his book. Reading was good. Centering. He didn't do nearly enough of it. He resisted the almost overwhelming urge to dive back into the drawer for some proper stress relief. It wasn't that bad. Instead, he gripped the headboard until the edges of the wood dug into his palm. As the pain brought on the lovely endorphins, he started to relax a little. He didn't really even focus on the words in the book. He just let them roll over him. The world made more sense that way. Carol moved across the tub to sit next to Amos, giving Kevin room to step in. It was a reflexive action. Amos was finally opening up, and she wasn't going to say anything to derail his train of thought.
5: God, someone just shoot me now! Give me one more lit class, where the kids are just recycling ideas about how gay Shakespeare might have been, I'll shoot myself.
0: Amos stopped when Kevin crossed his vision, raised an eyebrow, and then peered back toward the door.
5: Where's Adele?
0: Kevin settled down next to Katie on the far side of Amos. Uh, uh, she's reading. Doesn't want to come out.
3: She never does.
0: Carol craned her neck back to catch the view through the glass door at the far end of the solarium. She could just see Adele's head and shoulders in the wingback past the couch. The missionary's head arched back, and her eyes were closed. Carol squinted, and she could just make out the right shoulder, rolling repetitively as Adele's body rocked gently back and forth.
3: Hmm. Best reason in the world to stay behind.
0: Carol smiled to herself, but didn't think for a moment of letting on what she'd seen. She returned her attention to the crowd in the tub in time to catch Katie snuggling up to Kevin.
4: Mm Mmm. I think she's shy. I'm starting to wonder. She does the best nids I've ever seen. How can she be shy?
0: Sarah lifted her head out of the crook of Gerd's neck.
3: I don't know. She doesn't seem to have a problem with any of us.
0: She stopped short when Amos raised an eyebrow at her.
3: Okay, but she's not complaining. Much.
0: Nobody seemed to want to run with the topic, and Sarah started shifting in Gerd's lap like she was getting up the gumption to go in and invite Adele again. Carol can let that happen. If any one of them walked in, Adele would get embarrassed, and then it would take another few days to lure her back out from behind her defenses.
3: Models are her vacation. And a photo shoot only lasts a couple of hours. All day, every day, takes getting used to, I reckon. Hmm. Most of her
5: life, she's either in church or in the third world.
0: Why would that matter? Kevin looked at Amos cockeyed as if he was sure Amos was a little nuts. Amos opened his eyes wide, returning the sentiment... Then threw his head back and laughed out loud, as if he'd just gotten the punchline to the meaning of life. Under the water, Carol's hand stroked his leg lightly. All week he'd been a bundle of knots and worry, and she could feel his muscles relaxing as he laughed. His posture slackened a bit, his legs loosened enough for them to float a little. When Amos' laughter died down, he locked eyes with Kevin again.
5: I take it you didn't grow up in a religious family?
0: Kevin shook his head.
4: Black atheist from birth, believe it or not. I didn't even find out some people really believed in God until I was in college. Ah.
5: Well, I think maybe. It's been a while since I escaped myself, but I don't remember artists being very welcome at church, except maybe in drama and music. Don't get me started about women artists. A Western woman in the third world? She'd have to be used to buttoning up and trying to be inconspicuous. Some of the places she goes aren't safe for an armed man to walk around. Five will get you ten. She's not been naked in front of anyone since her last doctor visit.
0: Katie's foot tapped on Carol's.
2: Mum, you know her best.
3: Actually, I met her through Amos. But yes, I've been to some of the countries where she works, and they're not nice places.
0: Carol found Amos's hand draped across the lip of the spa behind her and squeezed it, then turned her attention to Kevin.
3: You don't know what it's like. You're a man, and you've lived here your whole life. When you're a woman, men look at you all the time and they don't hide it very well. It's nice, most of the time, but sometimes someone's eyes won't leave your ass, or they can't look you in the eyes like they've never seen someone with bosoms before. It makes you feel like you're not real, dirty. Have you ever had a woman look at you like she wanted to scrape you off her shoe?
0: Who hasn't? After he said it, his eyes looked down at the water, as if she'd just tripped a very unpleasant memory. Carol nodded, sure that he understood.
3: It's like that, but worse, because some part of you wonders if they're going to stop at looking. I'm tall and strong, and I don't go around unarmed very often, and it still scares me sometimes. I think what Adele deals with. She can't depend on social convention to save her. In Bangladesh, or Iraq, or Nigeria, she doesn't have any family to avenge her. She's a little pale woman in a world where the only Western women most men see are in the movies and pornos. She goes to these places, and she keeps going back.
0: Kevin looked confused, as if he suddenly felt like he didn't know Adele at all. She never talks
4: about... She wouldn't,
0: but now you know. Kevin nodded and fell silent, slipping down into the stew of thoughts previously unconsidered. Gerd reached out a reassuring hand and gripped him on his shoulder, but nobody else seemed comfortable interrupting him. As the moment ground on, Sarah got increasingly antsy. Obviously uncomfortable with the silence, she let go of Gerd's neck and laid back on top of the water, interrupting Kevin's stare at the depths of the jacuzzi.
3: Don't get down, brush boy. You gotta keep your bristles up if you want her on your palate.
0: Adele woke up with a start. Her neck was stiffer than all hell, like she'd been sleeping with a stone for a pillow. When she tried to move, she realized that her crotch was still squishy. She blushed, but fortunately there didn't seem to be anyone in the room. How long had she been out? The solarium door was still closed. Probably nobody had come through while she'd nodded off. Even if they had, all they'd have seen was her sleeping after one of the best orgasms she'd had in a long time. The clock on the mantelpiece read 11. She assumed that it was 11 p.m. If she'd slept straight through, she'd be hurting a lot worse, and there would probably be people wrangling breakfast. Adele sat up and stretched, trying to straighten out her neck and the nascent pounding in her noggin and her mouth tasted like death warmed over, too. Adele smacked her lips together and rubbed her temples. She didn't get headaches like this except when she was in the desert, but there was no reason she should be dehydrated. Except, of course, for the wine glass she'd left nearly empty on the table. She reached over her head and grabbed for as much air as she could, feeling the muscles in her spine groan in protest. Then she dropped her hands to her sides, Time for some tea Herbal this time Something that wouldn't dry her out She made her way out of the conversation pit Across the walkway and into the kitchen The teapot wasn't on the stove in its accustomed spot And it wasn't on the table or on the counter Adele hunted around the perimeter of the kitchen And didn't see it anywhere Teapot, where did you go? Did someone wash you? She circled back around the range and squatted down, opening the cupboard underneath it. If anyone had put it in there, they'd stuck it back behind the frying pans and pots, which was more than a little peculiar, but Kevin and Katie weren't exactly paragons of precision when it came to things in the kitchen. There was nothing for it but to toss through all of them. Adele pulled the pots and pans out one by one, trying to set them down as gently as possible so that the clanging didn't aggravate her headache. One after another they came out, but the teapot didn't look to be anywhere on the shelf. At the end of two minutes, she was squatting down in the midst of a pile of pots, pans, and cookie sheets in front of a cupboard with the top shelf emptied and a yawning, dark chasm in the back lined with pipes retreating into the blackness. Adele stood up and looked around again.
1: Where did that stupid thing go?
0: Her head was throbbing. She grabbed onto the stove in case the vertigo came. God, she hoped she didn't pop a migraine with this one. Might as well look one more time. She squatted down again and reached into the back of the cupboard. She leaned in and felt around some more, and in the far corner where she'd evidently forgotten to look, her fingers found the teapot. She could have sworn she'd looked there not a minute before, but there it was. She pulled it out and looked at it. It was the same teapot they'd been using all week. Some cretin had stuck it back there where she couldn't find it on first pass. Had to be Kevin. He didn't drink tea and didn't think very practically. The confusion throbbed in her brain. Was that the headache? She shrugged and stood, stepping over the stack of pots and over to the tap. She moved as lightly as she could, not wanting to risk poking the headache and waking it up. It was liable to eat her head like a bear startled out of hibernation. She filled the kettle and set it down on a nice, high flame on the stove, then grabbed some ibuprofen from the cabinet and popped three of them. Well, it would help in about 20 minutes, anyway. She knelt down again and started putting the pots away. Being careful not to push them back so far they'd fall into that crawl space at the back. Crawl space at the back? Who would put a crawl space at the back of a kitchen cabinet? Adele squinted, but she couldn't see anything. She could have sworn there was a hole back there not three minutes before. She reached her hands out and patted the back wall of the cabinet. Solid. Nothing there but bare wall. Great. I'm seeing things.
1: Migraine, here I come.
0: Adele finished repacking the cupboard and climbed on the island, laying down on her back with her knees up until the water boiled. Sarah leaned back on her left elbow, her feet planted up on the spa seat opposite Carol. The little kitten was tracing an outline on her belly.
3: You must, Kevin. Don't turn all pussy on me now. I want a spiral galaxy here. (laughs) I'm not going to ask where you want the black hole. Ooh, you should get an apple on your hips.
2: It would be redundant. Her hips and eyes look like an apple already, no?
0: You're no help at all. She hated having brushes on her skin and was about to change the subject when Adele stepped quietly through the door. Nobody else seemed to notice it. An apple? Carol sensed an opportunity. On the other hand,
3: apples are wholesome.
4: Ah, didn't it? How when you put one next to a snake it becomes unwholesome?
3: Well, even old stories have a lot of power. Making
5: them wholesome again, that's the trick. You're never going to do it. People love their dirt and sin. You're one to talk, Shayna. How do you think I make my living? People think their most holy desires are shameful. If they didn't, they wouldn't buy my dreck.
1: That's awfully cynical. It happens to be true. Senor esta loco en la cabeza. People just want a bit of fantasy. They get lonely. They wouldn't
5: need the fantasy if they had the real thing.
0: Amos shrugged apologetically, as if to say,
5: It's really not my fault that the universe is this lame. Oh, really? Carol turned
0: to face him and raised an eyebrow.
3: You've been in orbit? You still read and write science fiction about spaceflight.
0: Amos shook his head, dismissing her. That's
5: not the same.
3: Isn't it? No. Suit yourself. Hey, no.
0: Katie splashed the water to get their attention.
3: I have a great sex life, and I still read fuck stories and jerk off. Wait
4: a second.
0: Kevin tweaked Katie's nipple to get her attention. I'm the soulless physicist here. Isn't this supposed to be my fight? You want to argue my point? Hell no. You're dead wrong.
5: Thanks for the solidarity, brother.
0: Kevin pointedly snuggled closer to Katie. Don't mention it. He punctuated his point by nibbling on Katie's ear. Sarah pulled her legs up under her, sitting cross-legged on the deck that circled half the spa.
3: Fantasy is a healthy thing, Amos. It's what keeps us all... Pacified? You also make your living on it.
5: Don't remind me.
0: Just as Carol made up her mind to back off, Gaird spoke up. What's bothering you, old man? Look. Amos held up his hands as if telling everyone to back off.
5: If I wanted therapy, I'd have found a good bottle.
0: Carol didn't reach out to touch him again. With his defenses all up, he'd take the touch as condescension. Still, he needed reaching out to.
3: If you wanted to be left alone, you wouldn't have come.
5: I know. I've just had... (sighs) It's been a year.
2: Then it happens to all of us at your age, mon ami. Amos rolled his eyes.
5: Gee, thanks a bundle, Kermit. That makes it all better.
0: Jeremiah's reading hadn't given him much to go on, and his attempt to nap didn't take, even after masturbating twice. His fury had worn off, but that left him feeling worse rather than better. Somehow he needed to convince them, or some of them, that they needed to go. Between the food going off and Sarah getting attacked, they'd all be a lot better off taking their chances out in the mountains. And fucking Carol. Jeremiah's grandparents lived in the mountains above Steamboat Springs, and nobody who knew anything about the mountains went around without at least a little portable snowblower. No two ways about it. Anyone who wanted to stay here after last night was nuts. Jeremiah wasn't nuts. Actually, by any lights he could think of, he was the sanest person in the whole damn house. Fuck this shit. Jeremiah picked up the book from the pillow beside him and tossed it onto the end table. He rolled back onto his shoulder blades, planted his hands above his head, and kicked up, arching into the air and coming to a rest on his feet. He stepped down off the bed and to the window. Somebody had to get out of here and go for help, and it might as well be him. Jeremiah slid the window open. If the snow was dry enough, it shouldn't be solid yet. He poked his hand in. More solid than he liked, but still diggable. He started in with his hands, clawing and scrambling at the snowbank like it was the inside of a coffin lid. After five minutes, his fingernails were all peeling back and his fingertips were swollen red and bleeding. He hadn't even gone five feet in. He needed a better plan. The bed was an old wood frame job that meant it would have slats underneath. Jeremiah dove under and found them, knocking out one and dragging it out after him. There, this'll work. He attacked the snowbank with fresh energy, digging out a shelf-like cubbyhole in relatively short order. He crawled inside and started boring upwards at just enough of an angle that he'd be able to make a step out of it when he needed more height. He kept at it for twenty solid minutes, flinging the snow back into his room. He didn't give a shit about the floor. He wasn't going to be around here long enough to have to explain a goddamn thing to anybody. He had just started carving out the next step for himself when he heard a low growl from above him, then a sound like sandpaper. The whole drift collapsed down on top of him in a suffocating heap of freezing darkness. Jeremiah kicked and swam, trying to keep his breath and find a way out of the snow that bore down on top of him. Just as he was running out of air, his right leg won free. He flailed it about until his heel found the wall, then pushed against it and popped out of the window, bruising his knees as he crashed to the ground in a pool of slush. Motherfucker! Behind him, he heard that quiet, low rumble again as the snow above shifted, maybe getting ready to push the rest of the way into the room. He struggled to his feet and grabbed the lip of the sash, yanking it down and closing out the horrible cold.
2: Fuck!
4: Okay, so here's what I have in mind.
0: Kevin stood behind Carol, tracing paths with his fingers down the lines of the snake tattoo on her back as she leaned out of the spa. Everyone else sat around in a semicircle on the far side of the spa like students in a classroom. Katie leaned back against the side, trying to guess what colors Kevin would pick and how much detail he'd use. As Kevin spoke, Adele quietly stepped to the edge of the spa and leaned down on her elbows beside Katie's head. While evidently not quite ready to join in, she was getting bolder. Stealing a covert glance up at the older missionary, Katie couldn't help but notice the electric intensity as Adele watched Kevin in his element. Kevin continued, gesturing at the python's head that curled round Carol's tailbone.
4: Where the snake coils down here, Depending on which way I wanted to go, yeah. Here we are. I'll put the apple here so the snake's head is resting on it. Then, a, then a tree growing out of the apple here instead of the stem.
5: That'd be gorgeous.
0: Sarah cooed as she leaned in closer, peering around Kevin to get a good angle. Katie felt Adele shift next to her. Glancing up again, she saw Adele pointedly examining the ripples in the water. Katie reached back and took Adele's hand.
1: Adele, you okay?
0: She kept her voice low, not wanting to draw any attention. Adele's eyes snapped back up to Kevin as if she'd been caught at something.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm great. What is he...
0: She trailed off, as if not sure what question to ask. Katie looked back and saw Kevin doing practice outlines with water droplets on Carol's back. She couldn't be sure, but Katie was almost certain that Adele was watching Kevin's fingers. Katie tilted her head back toward Adele again.
1: Kevin also does body painting. He's brainstorming for a session.
0: Katie's words didn't seem to make an impression. Off to her left, Kevin resumed talking.
4: I could also put the woman here.
0: His left hand was on Carol's right hip, and the fingers of his right traced a stick figure. Carol looked over her shoulder at him.
4: Wouldn't that be redundant? Maybe. No, you're right.
0: It's better without.
3: Adele... I want pictures of this when he does it. You up for it?
0: Adele nodded, but she didn't look altogether happy about it.
1: I suppose. But the apple and the serpent... uh, I mean, not that you'd care, but that's vaguely satanic, isn't it? A wicked grin crossed Carol's face.
3: Absolutely. Particularly on the back of a
0: nude woman who knows more than is good for her. Adele grimaced. Katie was about to tell Carol to back off, but Kevin got there before her. What makes you think we wouldn't care? Mr. Manners piping up to defend the missionary instead of starting the ribbing? Oh
1: yeah, he had it bad. Oh please. Not one of you even believes in God, let alone Satan. Sarah dropped her jaw in Adele's direction,
0: forcing Katie to stifle a laugh. You thought the missionary in my job title was just for show? Garrett inclined his head toward Adele.
2: The world is full of priests and missionaries who believe in nothing and yet love the rituals and the mythology.
1: Well, that would be a pretty crappy thing to do. Why would you think none of us believe in Satan?
0: Amos, a picture of wide-eyed innocence, dropped his rhetorical grenade into the tub. Oh, come on. You? You're seriously telling me? Absolutely. Like something out of a cartoon, every head in the pool turned expectantly to Amos. Katie didn't know what he was shoveling this time, but his sense of mischief had returned in fine style. She settled in for an entertaining jihad. Mon dieu,
2: surely you jest.
3: You've got to be shitting. Way to be
0: sensitive and respectful.
3: Hey, I respect Adele just fine. She can have as many goofy ideas as she wants. It's part of what makes her adorable.
1: Carol, this girl needs a spanking.
3: No arguments here. The riding crop is in the drawer in the coffee table. Ha, you have to catch me first.
1: Sarah slipped
0: her shoulder behind Garrett as if to use him for a shield. Brat.
1: You seriously believe in Satan? Absolutely.
5: Amos nodded, apparently serious. Satan is the single most wholesome character in all of literature. Katie didn't buy it for a
0: minute, but he did know how to get people hanging on his every word. Adele wasn't buying it either, at least judging by the way she laughed through her reply.
5: (laughs) What? Are you stoned? Nope. Never could bring to myself to inhale smoke. My students all thought I was a square. So do the other profs in the, in the lit department.
3: Jesus Christ, how many degrees did you get?
5: Sarah?
0: Sarah jerked her head back to Adele and blushed. Sorry. It's not my name. Amos spread his hands helplessly like a used car salesman.
5: I have a neurological problem. I get bored easily. It's just as easy to pay in for credits as it is to read on your own. And everyone always needs an adjunct professor when book sales are slow.
1: Really, Amos, how can you say Satan is wholesome?
5: The red tights are sexy.
0: Carol swatted her lightly on the arm.
5: Hush, child.
0: Amos locked eyes with Adele.
5: How can you say he's not?
1: He tempts people, manipulates them, lies to them, pushes them around. Prince of darkness, father of lies, war in heaven, anything ringing a bell.
5: Hi, Shaitan. And the Catholic Lucifer, not the same thing.
1: Semantics.
5: Hardly. Lucifer is what happens when Gnosticism meets Zoroastrianism. Gives you the fourth god of Christian monotheism. Four? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Lucifer. All with amazing supernatural powers and near omnipotence. Engaged in an eternal contest over human souls. Counts as a god in most religions. Christianity
0: doesn't define the... Okay, fine. Amos, must cut her off again. If this kept up, Katie was going to get whiplash trying to catch all the looks they were giving each other.
5: High Shatan shows up everywhere. Sometimes he's an angel, sometimes he's got a pitchfork, sometimes he's your best friend, sometimes he's you. Everyone's favorite party guest, great conversationalist. He's got the best job in the universe. He sits down with people and talks. He's got one agenda, always just one. He wants to get you to admit who you are.
1: (laughs) That's not what he does. And you know it. Isn't it?
5: Satan only shows up three times in the Bible. The first time, he harasses Job at God's request so Job can prove his middle. The second time, he's prosecuting Joshua in front of God. The third time, he pushes Jesus to see if he'll break under the weight of his hunger, his lust for power, and his vanity. Before you are all the kingdoms of the world, I will give them to you. All you have to do is bow down and worship me. Ring a bell.
1: And the good guy always beats him. But that's the point.
0: He dropped the theatrics. Something about this had just gotten very important to him.
5: Temptation wouldn't be tempting if it didn't speak to hidden truth. People lie to themselves about who they are. And most of them are really good at it. But Satan? Satan is the friend who sits us down when we're the most delusional and bounces our reality check. He's the lover who holds up the mirror when you can't bear to look in. He's Merlin, and Yoda, and Mephistopheles. Everyone who wants to grow up, sooner or later, sits down and has a chat with Satan. Or they never grow up.
1: You're a Satanist.
5: (laughs) A Satanist is a Christian who bats for the other team. Or he's an overgrown four-year-old hiding behind LeVay in a pentagram and a pointy beard instead of thinking his life through. I'm not a Satanist. I am an author. And I've sat with Satan too many times to believe he's not real. And with that, I'm cooked. And I'm gonna go to bed.
0: He threw his leg over the edge and found a step, then pulled his other leg after it.
1: Whoa, whoa, hold on. You don't get out that easy. You're talking about a role, not a being. Does that make it less real?
0: Amos walked to the rack and grabbed his towel. Carol stood up and followed him out of the spa.
5: Toss me a towel. Here you go.
0: Amos rolled up a towel and threw it at Carol. It fell short, but she reached out and rescued it from a watery grave before it hit the surface. Katie turned around and propped herself
1: up on her elbows. Yes, Amos, I think it makes it less real.
5: Just because you don't have a single person to hang the title on?
1: You believed in something bigger than yourself, then you'd understand.
5: Ah, but I do believe in something bigger than myself.
1: Right. Universal Life Spirit. Right.
5: Oh, hell no. There's another way of saying, I don't want to be alone.
1: The universe? Nope. Amos rubbed
0: the towel over his legs.
5: Can't believe in something you know exists. Knowledge and belief are two different ways of thinking.
0: He finished toweling off and tossed the terrycloth back on the rack. What then? God. Katie couldn't see her face, but she could swear she heard Adele's face scrunch up with derision.
1: Right. You write the most anti-religious fiction I have ever read. Richard Dawkins couldn't do a better job than hauling Yahweh. And you, you think there's a god.
0: Please, Adele. Gerd's tone was soothing.
2: Ecumenical, even. Fairness always. Hauling Yahweh had god's dead body, so in that book at least there was a god, just a dead one.
0: Nietzsche would be proud. Adele was definitely not amused.
5: Look, I promise you, there is a God. I know there is. He's just not who you think he is.
0: Who? Carol finished her own drying and tucked her towel up into a turban.
3: Trust me, love, you don't want to know. Sure we do. Who is it?
0: Adele folded her arms across her chest like a schoolmarm. Come on, Amos. Who? Amos cocked a mischievous eyebrow at them. I am? He took Carol by the hand and led her back into the house. Carol cast an apologetic shrug back over her shoulder at Adele as if to say, I warned you. Adele stared after them for a minute, gasping softly in sheer disbelief. Once they'd gone, she shook her head like she was trying to forget some particularly bad porn. What was that about? Kevin hoisted himself out of the spa. Don't worry about him. He's just winding you up. Adele turned back to the spa and leaned her hip against the side. She didn't uncross her arms. I doubt it. I've known him longer than you have. So, ask him tomorrow. Katie planted her hands on the edge and vaulted out onto the tile. I doubt it'll take much to get him talking again.
2: Caution, mon cher. Talking is not his favorite pastime.
0: Sarah still stared at the door where Amos had disappeared.
3: He sure was giving it up tonight.
0: Katie draped her towel over her shoulders, not bothering to dry off properly, and circled around the hot tub to the peanut gallery. We're doing body casting tomorrow. It's tactile. It's creative. He'll wind up talking. Ask him then. She leaned over and kissed Sarah goodnight, then gave Kevin and Garrett each a tight hug.
5: <sighs> I'm all
1: in. See you guys tomorrow.
0: She made it round to Adele again and pecked her on
1: the cheek. And you are going under my bandages. Uh, oh, uh, hey now, uh, I- We made a deal. Last night, candlelight shoot.
0: Remember? Adele blushed. Oh. Katie smiled at her. It'll be okay. Promise. She waved at the cadre in the
1: water. Good night, everyone.
0: Gerd mulled some of the new pieces of the Amos puzzle as he watched Katie saunter out the door to join the other two in bed. She had that little spring in her step that she always got when she was about to get laid. He might have envied her if he didn't already have one armful of Sarah and another of Kevin. He didn't know for sure what went on under Amos's melancholy. But there were enough clues now that he could begin to guess, or could have if Sarah didn't derail his train of thought by slipping out of his arm and standing, and bouncing, in the middle of the spa.
3: Who's that for Scrabble?
0: Adele raised a quizzical eyebrow at Sarah, as if the dancer had just shifted dimensions on her. Sarah had that effect on people. It was one of the many reasons Gerd felt young around her.
3: Come on, Dell. If we play by the fun rules.
0: It's getting on a bit now, don't you think, Sarah? Gerd didn't have his watch on, but it had to be heading toward midnight. Sarah's brow furrowed, then she looked at each of them as if trying to find an ally.
3: Don't make me go back to bed. Not yet.
0: She sounded small again. Gerd stood and wrapped her up in his arms and kissed the top of her head.
2: It's okay, Sherry. You shall be safe tonight.
0: Kevin hopped to his feet and vaulted out of the spa. I'll
4: go get the Scrabble board.
0: The night's roaring fire had died down to a cold ash in the dark of the living room. The little pendulum mantel clock, the top of its dome thick under a carpet of dust, submitted happily to the feathers that tickled and cleaned it just so. Its weights ticked slowly in their circular track, its hands silently passing three o'clock without a chime. The feathers made their nightly rounds about the room, the slippered feet of their bearer stepping carefully between the silent, sleeping forms of Kevin and Sarah nestled in a pile of pillows around a game board. The cowled shadow stepped gingerly between them, bending down to clean each one of their coating of dust before turning its attention to the scrabble board. Cleaning it required considerably more care, and it was the better part of ten minutes before it was satisfied enough to move on. Sometime after the secret janitor moved on to its business in the kitchen, Kevin and Sarah both started twitching as if oppressed by the same unpleasant dreams. Upstairs in his room, Gerd began moving as if troubled by a similar nightmare, he groaned terribly, like a wounded bear, and thrashed around as if wrestling a man twice his size. Although no one seemed to be in the room, his bedroom door hung slightly ajar, sweeping slowly, uneasily back from the door jamb. In the still of Amos's room, something moved, something small, almost imperceptible—a small army of divots in the linens, moving up the bedskirts to the feet of the three sleeping bodies. Katie, Amos, and Carol all shifted uncomfortably as the invisible fingers found their skin, then fell silent once again, if only for a moment. Adele jolted awake as her bed shook, the items on her nightstand rattling. It wasn't a big earthquake, but it went on longer than most. She grabbed blindly for her bedside clock, but when she managed to focus on it without her glasses, the second hand appeared to be running backwards. When her door fell open and a cowled shadow stepped into the gap, her eyes widened. For reasons her sleep-strangled brain couldn't comprehend, she felt waves of orgasms. She screamed. Nobody heard her, but an instant later her voice was joined by a chorus of cries and shrieks, filling the whole house as if it was the nave of an unholy cathedral. The fearsome chord held for almost three minutes before descending once again into the hush of an ancient catacomb. amos jumped in his bed sitting up and looking around in terror he felt like a cornered animal something was hunting him chasing him and he couldn't stop he couldn't protect her no matter how much he fought and ran and hid and tried to draw the shadows away they always took her always hauled her off but there was nothing like that here his bedroom door stood open and a finger of dim light reached in from the hallway to scratch his eyes he was safe carol and katie were still with him Everything was as it should be, except that Amy was still dead. She would always be dead. Nothing would ever change that. Amos fell back to his pillow and sobbed. He sobbed so hard he felt a migraine coming on, so long he lost track of what year it was, until finally he felt a hand on his neck.
3: honey, what's wrong?
0: It was Carol. She couldn't help. He shook his head sharply and continued to sob, giving up any hope that he'd ever regain control of himself. He felt hands on his body, four hands, gently pushing and pulling him this way and that, until eventually he was curled across Katie and Carol's laps. They touched him as he cried, but it was a long, long time before he knew anything but the feeling that he was alone and choking in a vast, cruel desert. You've been listening to episode 15 of Down From Ten. Written and performed by J. Daniel Sawyer, with original music by Danny Shade, used with permission. Starring T. Morris as Amos Maple, Philippa Ballantyne as Carol Lewis, Nathan Lowell as Gerd Falkstein, Miss Callender as Sarah Evans, Kitty Nakian as Katie Sato, Nobilis Reed as Kevin Walden, Chris Lester as Jeremiah Evans, and Christiana Ellis as Adele Suran. Some sounds courtesy the Free Sound Project at www.freesound.org. Other sounds copyright 2009, Kitty Nakian and Artistic Whispers Productions. This audiobook is recorded, edited, and mixed at Artistic Whispers Productions in Castro Valley, California. The book is copyright 2009, J. Daniel Sawyer, based on a screenplay copyright 2008, J. Daniel Sawyer. And the recording is copyright 2009, Artistic Whispers Productions. This recording is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.5 license, and all other rights are reserved to the author.